Merry Bowl season and welcome back to the Lions College Football Podcast. I'm Brett Gibbons with thelines.com breaking down eight bowl games on December 27th and the 28th. Before we get into it, don't forget to follow the Lions on Twitter at the Lines US and I am at Road to CFB. Tune in to our other shows with Kelly Ford for previews and picks of the remaining bowl games on our slate. We've got New Year's Six coming up, college football playoff, national championship, a lot of big games ahead of us. And also be sure to check out the other full lineup of shows that we have, include Beat the Closing Number with Eli Herskovich and Mo Nuara and the Lions Megapod featuring Steven Andres and Matt Brown. But I want to start here with the Military Bowl. Virginia Tech, a 10.5 point favorite over Tulane. And this game carries an over-under of 44.5 points. It kicks off Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. They played this one in Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. That's a mouthful there, but that is home to Navy in Annapolis, Maryland, one of 13 FBS venues that also hosts a bowl game. Now, we are looking at some rain and some wind for this game. Sustained winds between 13 and 15 miles an hour, maybe Peaking a little bit more than that, we're talking wind gusts well into the 20s, of course, as well. Uh, And there is a good chance of rain during this game. So keep in mind, outside weather factors, this was already projected to be a pretty low-scoring game, but also the rain and wind has driven this total down a little bit. Now with Tulane, there's a lot to go over. (laughs) A lot of changes going on with the Green Wave. Head coach Willie Fritz, of course, is off to Houston, and he's taking most of his staff with him. Star quarterback Michael Pratt opted out of this game. Top wide receiver Chris Brazell left for Tennessee. In total, 10 starters will be out for Tulane due to transfers, NFL, some injuries. In the wide receiver room, the cupboard is left pretty bare here. Lawrence Keyes hasn't played since week 11, and Jaquan Jackson is out for transfer too. So we're talking about one of their top four pass catchers actually potentially available for this game. As a result... We've seen Virginia Tech on the rise. They did open as a four-point favorite, like I said now, up to 10.5. That may climb. We'll see. Uh, however, on the other side, if we're looking at uh, quarterbacks here, Kai Horton, he his name is in the transfer portal, but the reports are that he is practicing with the team. Look, he's a capable player. He played pretty well in uh, Michael Pratt's absence earlier in this year. If he suits up, I think Tulane is in a little bit better spot than maybe we initially uh, assessed here. If they were down to quarterback three, it would be full panic button, red alert for Tulane there. Now the Hokies, they are without two of their starting safeties, but otherwise mostly intact for this game. A tight end I think is in the portal as well. Uh, I like the te- uh, the direction that this team is headed under Brent Pry. Um, he's done a fantastic job with this program. It, it was uh, at the absolute low of Virginia Tech football, and he's starting to pull them in a good direction. They, they uh, you know, after Kyron Drones, the new quarterback here, took over and got a couple of starts under his belt, Virginia Tech really beat the teams they should have and also lost to the teams they've, you put should in quotes, but, you know, teams that they that were better than them, they lost those games, but they took care of business against weaker opponents. With a total this low, and we're talking about spread this high, and Kai Horton possibly playing in this game, I do lean to lane plus 10.5 at this juncture. Uh, offense coordinator Slade Nagel, he is the de facto head coach, the interim head coach for this bowl game. He's not staying in New Orleans after this year, uh, but he is not going with Willie Fritz to Houston. The word is, though, most of the staff following Fritz to Houston will coach in this game first, so they are not on the recruiting trail as much. They will stay with Tulane through the bowl game. Like I said, Horton is capable. He was the quarterback for the Ole Miss game, so I do like Tulane with the points. We're talking about point total this low at this juncture. 
Moving forward to uh, maybe the most memeable bowl that we have on our slate here, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and West Virginia. The Mountaineers are six-and-a-half-point favorites, and this game carries an over-under of 54 points. Kicks off Wednesday evening at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. North Carolina, no, they played in the stadium earlier in the year. It is not, and they played in Dukes-Mayo Bowl a couple years ago, so this is not unfamiliar territory to them. Now, we're looking at rain during the day, but it should be well out of the area by kickoff, so there's not, uh, it's not going to be a washout, that's for sure. should be better conditions than maybe the day is shaping up to be earlier on. North Carolina, well, they're without a ton of players as well. Drake May, of course, opted out, as did their top defender star linebacker Cedric Gray, receiver Tez Walker. Uh, they're down a lot of guys. Between injuries and opt-outs, nine starters will likely not play in this game. Wide receiver Nate McCollum, though, he will play. He is listed on the depth chart, so I'm assuming he's going to be out there, which is a nice boost to this offense. Uh, and, of course, Amarian Hampton is going to play in this game. Now, last year, the Tar Heels were really, really shorthanded against Oregon and almost won despite being two score underdogs. That may be fresh in the minds of those considering this game, but the biggest difference, uh, they had Drake May last year, who almost single-handedly willed them into contention during that holiday ball. He, of course, is not playing in this game. Now on the other side, West Virginia, they do have a handful of rotators and backups that are in the portal, but the real absence here is all-conference center Zach Frazier. He suffered a, a bad injury, had to get season-ending surgery for it, so he will not play in this game, and he's not returning to Morgantown. He's off to the NFL after this. Their top receiver, Devin Carter, was hurt in their last game. It is worth monitoring. He played limited snaps. I've been seeing him on the injury report, but you know, check pregame warm-ups to see if he is playing or not. He's not a mover on the point spread per se, but he's a difference maker on the field. So the Tar Heels have not been great in bowl games under Mac Brown this time around. They their last win came in 2019, and then they've lost their last three outings in the postseason. Now the quarterback will be Connor Harrell. He's a dual-threat kid, redshirt freshman, uh, big arm, nice, talented kid, can break tackles pretty well, but uh, that's that's who's going to be out there, certainly a backup for North Carolina. Uh, he'll get a, a an audition, I suppose, before Max Johnson comes in as the presumed starter for next year. Now, against FBS competition, North Carolina allowed 30 or more points in their last six games, including 40 twice to Georgia Tech in a very shorthanded Duke team. Plus, now they're down their best defenders. So if I'm looking at bets in this one, I like the angle of over 30.5 team points for West Virginia. Betters beware. If you're picking sides, total stuff like that, it feels like a mystery box game with a lot of inconsistency on both sides of the ball, numerous absences. I'm trying to isolate as much as I can. I do think West Virginia's offense is going to have a lot of success against this North Carolina defense, shorthanded North Carolina defense at that. So over 30.5 team total points is my favorite bet for the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Moving forward to the Holiday Bowl, we have Louisville, a seven-point favorite against USC. And this game carries an over-under of 58.5 points. Kicks off Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox from Petco Park in San Diego, home of the Padres. Now, as is the case with all these games that I am covering on this slate today, one team has a lot to go over. USC, of course. You, uh, Caleb Williams, he's out. Malachi Nelson hit the portal. So it's going to be Miller Moss, and he's uh, he's experienced. I think he's fully capable, high completion percentage kind of kid, low turnover-worthy throws, so he may be able to conduct this offense pretty well. But a few other starters, including their star safety, Kalen Bullock, and starting corner, Damani Jackson, they're both out. Bullock's headed to the NFL, Jackson's in the portal. 
Of course, they had turnover with their defensive coordinator, which is good. Uh, Alex Grinch, certainly addition by subtraction. Uh, Danson Lynn, is, he's inbound, and actually he's been helping with bowl prep, which is interesting. I'm not sure if he actually coaches on the sidelines or in the booth uh, on the, in this game, but he has been helping with prep. Now, you can say there will be a defensive improvement for USC, and to be honest, it's not that hard to do. And with a new voice inbound, yeah, they may – improve but they still don't have the personnel to be a really good defense and you know we'll see about next year but that is the worry that you can have the scheme in place but if you don't have the dudes they're not going to get a lot of stops USC did lose five of their last six games down the stretch they only outlasted Cal 50 to 49 down the stretch so we're talking a, a brutal end to a team that just lost all their legs all their momentum and, and all their players as well uh, Louisville, they have a couple of major absences on offense. Jamari Thrash, Jawar Jordan, their top two playmakers on offense. They will not play in this game. Uh, they're both pretty impactful. One, I think, a little bit more so than the other. I think the absence of Thrash is a bigger deal. Uh, this line did sit at USC plus 7.5 for a while, but now it's moved down to 7. And then we're uh, this late into the cycle here. I don't think that that's nothing. Uh, that's definitely worth paying attention to. Although the line did have opt-outs baked into it, it hasn't quite moved. Like I kind of thought it might have. It, you know, Louisville opened up at six and a half, and when Caleb Williams went out, I expected to see eight, nine, maybe, and, and that didn't happen. It, so we're sitting at seven now, flat seven. It's even come back down. I've seen sharp sides are, are liking USC with seven in the hook there. Um, if you have player props available in your state, I know it's not available everywhere, but if you do have those, Jack Plummer's passing touchdowns is sitting at one and a half right now. I did take over that minus one thirty at DraftKings Sportsbook. Although Thrash is out, which you know, that's a lot of production going with them. I do think he matters. USC's defense, frankly, they still stink, and they're missing their top secondary options. I think Plummer's going to have plenty of success through the air. Now, I wouldn't forget about some of these young kids that are talented getting a run, like Zachary Branch coming into this game. This is an opportunity for them to show coaches, uh, especially on defense with a new coaching staff coming in, saying, hey, I can play. Uh, they didn't hit the portal. New guys coming in. I think you actually cycled out most of the guys that would not want to be here during this game. So do keep that in mind. There may be a little bit more motivation than perhaps the outside would suggest. But those USC departures that they've had this offseason between uh, high-caliber recruits and young kids, and there's a lot of them hitting the portal. That doesn't really bode well for the program moving forward. But for this game, I don't think I really want to lay the full seven and go against the sharper move of uh, of taking the seven and a half in this one. So if you're looking at it, uh, DraftKings also offers another prop. Both teams to score 25 points. I do like that. I, I lean that way if I'm taking any sort of action, especially with such a high total, 58 and a half, 59 points. You know, USC still has talent. Uh, Miller Moss, still, a, a, I think, a decent quarterback with plenty of good young weapons. And again, the, the young talent probably cares a little bit more than the old talent had at the end of the year. So I do like this to be a high-scoring affair. I, the only play I have on here is I'm taking the prop of both teams to score 25 points. We have the Texas Bowl capping our Wednesday slate. Texas A&M and Oklahoma State square off in this one. Oklahoma State is now a two-point favorite in this game. Carries an over-under of 53 points. Kicks off Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from Energy Stadium in Houston. That's also where the National Championship game is being played. Now, if you looked at this, I don't know, 12 hours ago, if you looked at it three hours before I hit record here on Tuesday, you may see that, uh, boy, that Oklahoma State number looks a little bit different, and that is true. It moved quite a bit in the minutes leading up to recording here. Why is that? Well, nobody has more uh, players than Transfer Portal than Texas A&M. 12 starters is who they'll be without. Minimum. It could be more, 
But right now, as it stands, 12 starters are out for this game, including their starting quarterback, Max Johnson. Top receivers, Evan Stewart and Anais Smith, and also seven defenders. Now, they're also down Connor Wegman, who suffered the season-ending injury. He does not factor in that 12 starters out. 12 other starters. 12 starters from the end of the year. Also, there's a lot of turnover among the coaching staff. Of course, Jimbo Fisher on his way out and everybody along with him. But with this much turnover, lack of motivation might actually get completely cycled through. Like I talked about the USC, that the new crop comes in and is excited to play because you have absolutely nobody that was left at the end of the season that may not be excited to play in this game. They're all gone. So you're getting young, excited kids that are talented because Texas A&M is one of the deepest and most talented rosters, honestly, in the whole country. So Jalen Henderson is going to be the guy at quarterback for the Aggies. He's a nice dual threat player. He's played against Mississippi State, LSU, and a little bit against Abilene Christian. So not exactly the stoutest comp, uh, competition defensively, but six passing touchdowns. Looks like he's a decent playmaker. I, I think he will be able to make plays in this game. Now you're looking across the way. Oklahoma State, well, they're full strength. Ollie Gordon is back for another season. He will play in this game. This is her 18th straight bowl game. That's the sixth longest in the entire country. We're talking about the job that Mike Gundy has done in Stillwater. Just, I can't think of many more long-sustained successes, obviously, saving in, in them. But uh, Mike Gundy has done one of the best jobs, I think, in the entire country. Now, the Pokes have a more intact roster. Like I said, Gundy is a very good coach. I like Oklahoma State to take this one. I, I was betting the money line when they're on the plus side. I'd probably still take them on the money line here. I don't know that I would lay much more for approaching three here, but I, I would take them on the money line. I think they do win this game. Uh, with so much on the way out for Texas A&M, I expect that the new staff is probably focused on recruiting. Elko and uh, crew are out there getting players for, for next year. I really don't know who's game planning for this game. So there's another prop that I like. Oklahoma State to score on the first drive. You can get it at plus 135 at DraftKings. Uh, their coaching staff's intact. They have plenty of time to script the first drive. I like them to come out on their first possession and come away with points. Ollie Gordon heavy, uh, you know, more intact, more motivated, more experienced roster. Come out, get a score on that first drive. You can get it plus money. Uh, that's what I'm taking, and also Oklahoma State to win the game. Moving over to the Fenway Bowl. We have number 24 SMU. It's finally good to talk about a ranked team on this podcast, isn't it? In a bowl game. Number 24, SMU, a 10-point favorite against Boston College. In this game, carries an over-under of 49.5 points. It kicks off Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Don't get caught by surprise. This isn't a noon kick. It's 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, boy, 8 a.m. if you're on the, on the West Coast. But it's, uh, it's on ESPN. And they're playing this one, of course, in Fenway Park, hence the name. These teams will be avoiding the worst of the weather, but we can still expect a pretty breezy, wet, swampy game. I feel like every time that they're playing these uh, bowl games up there in the Northeast baseball stadiums, one of them is, is just a washout, and this, this one might be it. Although it's not played in Alumni Stadium, this is pretty much a home game for Boston College, only four miles down the road from campus. Uh, they're starting running back, Pat Garwo, hit the portal. He was hurt down the stretch. Anyway, uh, they've been using Kai Robichaw mostly in there. Uh, decently talented. He's a Western Kentucky transfer. But uh, the Eagles are super injured. They have been all year. Uh, that's kind of been the story. They have eight guys in total that are either transferring or won't play. Uh, or I'm sorry, the eight of the guys that are in total that have transferred or won't play already haven't played for a handful of weeks. So these aren't new additions to the injury report. These aren't new absences. Uh, Boston College has been kind of rolling without them for, for the better part of the back half of the season. So uh, wide receiver Ryan O'Keefe, unfortunately, he's probably their best playmaker. He had to medically retire from football after suffering uh, just a nasty injury early in the year. So that stinks to see, but he's not playing this game. Uh, they had an absolute Boston College rough go of it 
as uh, the injuries mounted. And quarterback Thomas Castellanos, you know, he threw two interceptions in each of his last three games. That's not total. That's in each game. Um, and he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards since week eight. He's been kind of the, nah, I guess I got to do it myself. He's a dynamic rusher. He's dynamic on the ground, but he's also turned it over three times in that span on the ground. So in total, nine turnovers for Thomas Castellanos himself in the final four games. SMU, they are playing without their starting quarterback, Preston Stone, who broke his leg in the final uh, game of the regular season. Didn't really matter all that much, though, because SMU went in and beat a good Tulane team uh, to win the American on their way out. These two teams, actually, uh, SMU and, and Boston College, actually plays ACC foes next season. So this is kind of an audition for SMU coming to the ACC. Uh, first bet I like, under 17.5 team total points for Boston College. Uh, SMU allowed one scoring drive for Tulane that did not start at the one-yard line, and Tulane was at full strength. They, they had Michael Pratt and all them. Uh, far superior, far more talented than Boston College, at least on offense. Uh, and yeah, SMU held them to absolute peanuts. Uh, SMU's defensive front is really stout, and Boston College is banged up uh, everywhere. So that's kind of the, if you really wanted to boil it down into one quick little bit as to why uh, I would bet under the team total for Boston College, that's it. I also lean SMU minus 10 as well, uh, even in this low-scoring game. It's not my favorite to lay double digits with a, you know, a, a total in the 40s, but with all the injuries and transfers, Castellanos is going to have to do a lot of it by himself. And against that SMU front, to me, that is a recipe for big-time turnover potential. Uh, and also, last thing, SMU is going to come out and they're going to want to make a statement to the S to the ACC, especially after that uh, Florida State document came out, kind of ripping them for adding them. Uh, I think they're going to want to come out and say, uh, no, we absolutely belong here with the rest of you guys. Uh, and they may make an example of Boston College in this one. So, But my favorite bet on the board, under 17.5, team total for Boston College. We are not done talking about bowl games being played in Northeast baseball stadiums or heading over to the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, we have Rutgers and Miami. They're currently at a pick em. Uh, You can find numbers on either side. Both teams have been favored at certain points. But this game only has an over-under 40.5 points. And it kicks off Thursday afternoon at 2.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from Yankee Stadium, as uh, the Pinstripe Bowl would suggest. The weather is going to be improving over the course of the day. It should be fine for this game, actually. Uh, maybe a little wet, maybe a little bit of rain, uh, but really nothing major impacting this. That total is pure, unadulterated, uh, no offense. <laughs> that is why it's being set as low as it is. Uh, if you're looking at Miami, they are missing 10 starters. That's been the theme all day on, on this slate here for these two days. 10 starters down, including quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Their two best offensive linemen are out, and their best players in the secondary. And Miami... Oh boy, they've lost 10 of their last 11 bowl games. <laughs> it has not been kind to them in bowl season. And if you're looking at it even further, their backup quarterback, Emery Williams, he's out for the year. So they're down to quarterback three. Rutgers, on the other hand, they are bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. Now, you're saying, wait a minute, they played in a bowl game in 2021. Yet they were inserted after the fact, which is five wins. So this is true bowl eligibility for Rutgers for the first time since 14. Running back Kyle Manungai, he is returning next year, which means he will play in this game. However, the Scarlet Knights will be without their top corner, top defender, maybe their best player, Max Melton. He's headed to the NFL. This is a game that I am betting against motivation. If you don't take motivation into account in bowl games, I can't help you. Is it easy to pinpoint? No. Can, uh, can you be off the mark with motivation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been wrong a couple of times this year on, on motivation on these teams, but... This one to me just screams like Miami doesn't really care. Uh, you know, historically, they don't really care about these bowl games. Just look at their non-New Year's Six record and 
I don't know, the last three decades. They're also going from sunny South Florida to a very rainy and chilly New York City. Not exactly the most inspiring place to play if you're from tropical Miami. Um, This one kind of just seems like consolation prize. I've seen a lot of talk about there's too many bowls. I vehemently disagree with that. I think you miss out on a lot, like the Western Kentucky Old Dominion Famous Toastery Bowl, if you cut down on them. But if you're a player, you're thinking, man, Got to play the pinstripe bowl because I'm sure that's one of the first ones people think of when they think to cut down bowl games. So for me, this is Rutgers outright. I think they win the game. I bet them on the money line. Uh, Miami has 70% of the bets on them per DraftKings, and this isn't something I usually look at. But considering the game or the line, pardon me, is continually moving away from them despite having 70% of the bets on their side. Uh, that kind of tells you who's betting who in this game. Uh, and I'm certainly not siding with the with the line. Uh, decide that where the line's moving away from them. So Mario Cristobal, great recruiter. He's all about the recruiting. Going to be honest, that's probably where his focus is at the moment, although I'm not in building, so I can't say for certain. But if we know things about Mario Cristobal that we've seen in the past is that he cares more about his recruiting class right now than the pinstripe bowl, which, right or wrong, for you to decide. Anyway, I am also kind of looking at some alt lines with Rutgers. Uh, I'll take it six and a half. Uh, you can get plus 177 on that. Don't hate that at all. Um, and, yeah, to be honest, I'm betting on Miami, just not showing up for this one. We have the Pop-Tarts Bowl. If you haven't heard of that one before, it's because it was formerly the Cheez-Its Bowl, formerly, uh, I think, the Outback Bowl or something like that. It's been a long line of, of changing sponsors here. We have number 18, NC State, against number 25, Kansas State. The Wildcats are two-and-a-half point favorites at time of recording, and the over-under is set at 47-and-a-half points. This game kicks off Thursday evening at 5.45 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from Camping World Stadium, a stadium in which this is about all they do in is play bowl games. Uh, It is in Orlando. Lots of personnel stuff to go through on either side for NC State starting off. Quarterback MJ Morris came in uh, and then decided that he wanted a red shirt and transfer, so he actually sat himself out after Week 10 to to preserve that red shirt, pardon me. So it's going to be the Brandon Armstrong show moving forward. Um... They're missing a lot of rotators and starting defensive tackle C.J. Clark. But like, nobody's super major. Their best defensive player, Buckus Award winner Peyton Wilson, he will play. Linebacker, uh, absolute stud. He is going to play in this game. Kansas State, of course, offensive coordinator Colin Klein is gone for Texas A&M. Starting quarterback Will Howard is in the portal. Safety Kobe Savage is in the portal. Starting corner Will Lee is in the portal. Uh, they're missing a lot of guys. Their top two target getters on the team, Phillip Brooks, Ben Sinnott, they're both in the portal as, as well. Or I'm sorry, those guys are going to the NFL. They opted out. There's so much going on. Those guys are going to the NFL. Either way, they're not playing. So now the leading target getter on the team remaining is actually running back DJ Giddens, who's been absolutely electric. He has almost 40 targets on the season, which is just great for a running back. Uh, and I have not seen any word on star lineman uh, Cooper Beebe yet. We'll see if he plays or not. He is uh, supposed to be a high-round NFL draft pick. Now, Avery Johnson will get the start at quarterback for Kansas State. He's an excellent dual threat. And also, this is a little bit of a preview for next year. If you missed uh, a couple of the games that he played in this year, specifically against TCU, uh, he had five rushing touchdowns in his debut. Uh, so if you if you are unfamiliar with Avery Johnson, this is the time where you get to see kind of what Kansas State has in him. He's one of their highest-rated recruits of all time, according to 247 Sports. Now, him and Giddens in the backfield – Absolutely dynamic, but they're going up against an NC State defense that's super stout against the run. They've allowed 113 yards per game on the ground. That's 20th least in the country. And that's going against a rushing attack that's getting almost 200 yards per game for Kansas State, which is 14th in the country. Now, I liked NC State at plus three. 
If you're able to jump in that early, well, that, that's a good bet. Not sure we'll get it back, so let's see if we can dig a little bit deeper and find uh, something that, that is actionable, something you can bet today. Since returning from being benched, you know, Brennan Armstrong actually hasn't really turned the ball over. Early in the year, he was an absolute disaster. He was erratic. It's kind of like, what are you getting from him? Uh, but since he came back in week 11, zero turnovers on the ground or through the air. NC State, they're a bit more intact, but to be honest, I'm still a little bit uneasy placing a wager on Brennan Armstrong uh, just from just from the past and in, in history there. My favorite prop in this game, if you're looking at team props, uh, neither team to score 30 points. You can get that minus 125 at DraftKings. Um, I do think that this is going to be a low-scoring affair. The total suggests it's a low-scoring affair. I'm not sure either team gets to 30. So uh, that's my favorite prop, and if you're looking for a side or a winner, I, I would probably take NC State to win this game outright. Better defense, more intact, coaching staff's intact. That's the way that I dice this one. The final bowl game that we have on the slate for today, we have the Alamo Bowl, number 14, Arizona, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Oklahoma, number 12, Oklahoma, that is. And this game carries an over-under of 61-and-a-half points. It kicks off Thursday night at 9.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Oklahoma, same story as every, every single other game on here. They have a lot of turnover going on. Offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, of course, has gone to Mississippi State to be the head coach. Star quarterback Dylan Gabriel, he committed to Oregon, so he's not going to play. Two of their top three rushers are in the portal, and their best receiver, Andrew Anthony, suffered a season-ending injury pretty early in the year. Uh, the biggest concern, though, for me is that the Sooners could be without four of their five starting offensive linemen for this game. It's light, looking likely that they will be missing all those guys. Now, Danny Stutzman, their top linebacker, Billy Bowman, their best safety, those guys are actually both returning next year and will play in this game. So defensively, they do get a little bit of that help back. It's offensively that I'm a bit concerned about with their personnel. Their five-star quarterback, Jackson Arnold, it's his time to shine. He's the guy. He's extremely talented, played mostly in cleanup duty this year. He was the number 10 overall recruit in the 2023 class. So you know he's got some... He's got some get up and go with him. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays against his Arizona defense. Give you a pretty good idea about how he's going to be uh, potentially next year. Now, behind a ravaged offensive line, though, and against Arizona's really strong pass rush, their top 30 in sack rate this season, he may be in for a ride. If he plays really well, I think we'll learn a lot about him and have a lot of confidence that he's going to be a very good football player next year. If he doesn't play this well, I think we can kind of chalk it up to, well, the guys around him weren't, you know, he didn't have the guys around him. For this game, and Arizona's been playing out of their out of their minds. Um, Arizona, though, their best uh, tackle, uh, Jordan Morgan, he opted out. He's going to the NFL. Receiver Jacob Cowing, he did accept a senior bowl invite, but I haven't seen anything indicating that he won't play. Keep an eye on that, though. That may be a, a day of, day before opt-out. Uh, quarterback, Jaden Delora, he's in the portal again, but he got replaced. Noah Fafita's in there. He's a dude. Uh, Delora wasn't getting that job back, but he is in the portal. Should God forbid something happen to Fafita and he can't go, uh, then we'll be looking at third stringer for Arizona. Um, I'm, I'm back in Arizona minus two and a half in this game. They're really excited about Jed fish. Uh, they have the more intact team and coaching staff. They played exceptional, exceptionally well after the first couple of weeks of the season, honestly, some of the best play in the country relative to where they started. Um, Oklahoma was the odd man out when it comes to the New Year New Year's Six field. Um, and I think that has to be a little bit of a letdown to them. I, I think the Alamo Bowl is really prestigious, but do the players feel that way? It's, it's not a New Year's Six Bowl, let's put it that way. Uh, and they have just way too many absences offensively. So I think I like the under the total here. It, it's at 61.5. It was 62.5. 
jeez, uh, two hours before I started recording here, but I think 61 and a half is still quite a few points. So I like Arizona minus two and a half, and I like under the point total in the Alamo Bowl. Now hop on over to our Discord server where you can connect with over 4,000 sports betting fans and get live updates in our college football channel. There you can join a sharp and very active community. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lions YouTube for weekly college football odds and betting videos. For the remainder of the postseason, just like this one, we've got a lot to go, guys. There's still uh, at least 15 more bowl games on the slate here that we will be breaking down. Sometimes it's Kelly Ford, sometimes it's just me. But subscribe to us on your podcasting app of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're using these days. And drop us a good review if you like the show. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know down in the comments where you lean on any of these games. But thank you, as always, so much for watching. I am Brett Gibbons. We'll see you next time.